Welcome to Happy Hour Power. Happy Hour Power! Yeah, buddy. I'm not, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know how y'all do y'all's intros. I'm just, no, no, I'm that was good. That was yeah, good. you just say something <laughs> random, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, I'm, your, I'm your lab experiment gone wild, out to take out the Shinra Corporation and burn it all down. And that's me, Pat. <laughs> yeah. And, anyway, uh, and yeah. <laughs> okay. we're anyway, talking about Final Fantasy VII today, guys. Okay, and you hear in case you didn't know, voice, perhaps you hear a new tune on our uh, delicious podcast, and that's the soothing sound of Chris. He's joining us today as our resident guru of Final Fantasy VII. Uh, specifically, we're focusing guru. on the don't, remake. Don't put, don't put me on that high pedestal, guru. Right, he's our literally nearly omnipotent knowledge of Final Fantasy. That's what <laughs> nearly, Chris is. Nearly. That's more like it. That's more like it. <laughs> Get my title right, young man. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all connected over Zoom today. Um, so we are kind of picking our own drinks. We're just going to showcase each of our own drinks today. Give y'all a little brief of the week. Let you know what we've been doing in our lives. And then we're going to get into this shizzle whizzle. Woo! All right, I'm well, leader, trusty leader Pat, you take us first. What's your drink, bro? For me, um, I brought my classic go-to, which is truly hard seltzer. Okay, don't judge me. You can get hydrated and drunk at the same time. That's why these things are awesome. I'm about wow. to drink a tropical punch one, and I brought a second just in case things get crazy. Dope. I brought Miller Lite. <laughs> it's the a go-to fine seltzer. beer. The it's- go-to beer. For Nothing me, it's the good beer. Yeah, no, no. It's keep it simple, keeping it real. This is what you drink during the summer after you cut the yard or something like that. I don't know. Oh, let you me get the crack. Let me get the crack. Hold get on. Get the wait. crack. Oh, gosh. Okay. There we go. Nice. <laughs> Christopher? Got my, got my coke and rum here in my red solo cup, like we do in the south. Coke and rum. Red All right. Cups. What kind That's of rum did you do? It. Uh, I really don't even know. I just poured the first bottle of so. He's like, it's the rum that gets you drunk. That's the kind I got. I could yeah. I could very well pass out halfway through. I'm not sure what's in this rum or how old it is. So we're just gonna go along with it. It was in your house. <laughs> yes, yeah, so like I, I pulled it, it out of the wall. Some asbestos <laughs> fell in, and uh, I'm drinking it now. It's going great. <laughs> really, the seat I've got my still holding on to it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, listen, guys, we are we, we're tired from the week. OK, so give us a pass on not having an official drink. It's tough to coordinate. We're all in different places. It's but true. We're here to bring you the content that uh, we love to talk about. We've all been getting into Final Fantasy seven remake at some point or another over the last couple of years. Uh, I'll admit straight up off the top. I have the least experience. I played for a few hours, but um for me personally, I've always thought Final Fantasy was awesome. I loved Final Fantasy 15. And then Scout and Chris started getting into the remake of Final Fantasy 7. And they're like, oh, dude, you got to play it. So I naturally started it up. And then I fell in love with uh, Barrett's caricature of a human being, honestly, fitting every stereotype <laughs> that's probably wildly offensive now. But I can only imagine at the time when Japanese people thought of what's a cool black guy like, they're like, oh, Mr. T, that's it. That's it. (laughs) So that's probably what happened with Barrett. (laughs) Anyway, aside from that, I thought it had a cool story too. 
With so. a machine gun was on the fourth. You yeah, said you I had know. a cool story? Oh, I thought it was a cool story when I started oh. playing it. I um I like that character the most, I think. Just Cloud. from the little bit I played. I didn't even finish the remake. But um, yeah. I have been blasting my brain with Final Fantasy knowledge over the last couple of weeks here. And this story is insane. It's very deep. Holy crap, dude. It's deep. There's a Balls reason why it's deep. like a fan favorite amongst every, just about any Final Fantasy. I mean, everybody that's involved with Final Fantasy to some extent, 95% at least, know a pretty good bit, or at least, even if they haven't played it, know at least a good bit of Final Fantasy. So it's just, the, it's basically the staple for the franchise in a way. Just right. because it's just, just the popularity is so sky high. And there's still, I mean, there's still some other good ones. Like Final Fantasy IX was the very first one that I ever played. And I, honestly, I didn't even play Final Fantasy growing up. I, I knew of it, but I was just like, well, I, don't, I don't know. And there was a friend of mine, probably, I'd say probably about six or seven years ago, was when I first played any Final Fantasy game. And we were talking about like Kingdom Hearts and all that. And he said, if you... If you like Kingdom Hearts, then you know try ah, try, okay. try Final Fantasy, and that's and he, it. He does had, seem uh, like it's in the same vein. Yeah, yeah, and it, he had he had Final Fantasy. Now he actually had Final Fantasy, not like the original like PS One version, and still oh. had a PS One. So he let me borrow both, and I I just I, I fell in love with the series there, and I played. I haven't played all of them, but I played. I played six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11 i haven't played 11 11 i don't even know i think 11 wait, is, like wait, a, is 11 the one with lightning is that lightning story or is that 13 no no that's 13 I, I did play i didn't finish 13 i did play some of it. 11 was the one they were i think that was like their very first like their first attempt at like an online like an mmo type uh I don't was number nine was cool was number nine that one you're talking about your first one you played was it turnstile as well yeah it was all of them were turnstile pretty much until like the the remake uh, like, basically I think, oh wow oh yeah yeah 15 was actually and, and 14 the online it, it's it's actually based uh yeah that much, was a big change yeah. wasn't it uh moving from like the traditional so okay i i know we got we're gonna have a lot of threads today so forgive us audience for hopping from one thing to another a lot Final Fantasy is one of those series that has been running so long to tell the entire story of this series in one hour. It's, it's just oh, impossible. <laughs> no way. And in the spirit guys- of transparency, also, by the way, not, sorry, in the spirit of transparency, I do want to say I've also never played any Final Fantasy game ever except for this remake one. So I think in one way, it's like, oh, man, this is not a true fan talking about it. But on the other hand, it's also good because it's like I'm not speaking from anything like an unbiased you know opinion of like oh this is the greatest game because i grew up with it but it's like you know just someone who's just stepping into the world of it you know what i mean yeah well, see the great thing the great thing about the final fantasy series in general is like even if you haven't like like for you for example you know seven the remake is the only one that you play like each game is its own story and its own like setting and universe and all that so even if you haven't played I mean, even if you haven't played like one through 15 or anything like that, it's kind of hard to really call somebody out like, oh, you're not a true fan because it's not like an ongoing. I mean, yeah, there are some similar like, you know, like the Moogles and, you know, certain characters like that kind of, you know, show themselves throughout each game. But overall, Hmm. it's not like it's not like a continual story from like one to two to three. I mean, some of them, some of them have their sequels like 10 has like 10 to 13 for whatever reason has like two sequels. Uh, 
I'm not trying to crap on 13. I just, I, it wasn't my favorite. I mean, it was, it was I know decent. it wasn't a lot of people's favorite. It was my jumping off point, but I'll tell you what I like about Final <laughs> Fantasy seven. Okay. Number one, you got stalactites for hair. Okay. That's oh, all. Come Final on, Fantasy dude. He's Number got the coolest two. hair ever. You've got a giant <laughs> big ball busting sword, the big ball buster sword, which is awesome. Number three, you get to cross dress to make a crime lord fall in love with you and then break yes. his heart in like a brothel or something. <laughs> Come on, uh, who doesn't want those kind of qualities? Dude, experience? that whole sequence when you're dancing is so hilarious, bro. <laughs> it's so, so amazing that they did that. I'm more impressed that Cloud actually has some pretty solid dance skills. You wouldn't expect that from him, but it's just like, you know what? He's, he's actually got some pretty good moves. He's got that groove, bro. Oh, well, I think we should say, you know, your first time and your first thoughts and your first experience with the remake. So for me, actually, I didn't play uh, until Chris uh, was like, hey, man, this guy, I think it was free for at one point, wasn't it? Like it was free for a moment. Yeah, like PlayStation uh, Plus or something. Yeah, if you yeah. had PS Plus, you could. De- so I was like, you know what? It was, it was free, right? It was free right after I spent $60. About, like it, it went free <laughs> like two weeks after I got it. I'm they were like, like watching your account. Okay, he bought it. He bought it. Put it on sale, guys. Do it. Get him, get him, get him. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I went for it just because at the time I was kind of at a lull. You know how it is when you get game lulls and you're just like, oh, I don't have anything to play. So I gave it a try and I, I think I played it and I was like, okay, it's pretty good. But I took a break because I played some other stuff. I think like maybe Last of Us 2 was the thing I was playing. Yeah. But then I, re- I re- revisited it because I had nothing else going on and I played, I could not put it down. It was like, oh my God, the graphics are what, so What drew good. you in about it? Was it the graphics? I it was think... Tifa, was it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's multiple things. I think the graphics, really beautiful game. The story to me is very original. It's very like, I, I've never seen a story like that. Yeah. I think the, the depth of the game is, is very, uh, it, it, it's very deep. It's very girthy. Yeah, it's got a girthy story for sure. When you slap that story out on a table, it will compare to things like Red Dead 2, Skyrim. Like if you're measuring like a story measuring contest, you know, it's up there with them. It's girthy. It's got got a long shaft. Yeah. No, uh, but but the fact is like really hard hours. You can (laughs) especially on them boss fights. You can go in. And just like, okay, I just want to fight. I want to level up my character. And you don't have to necessarily go into the lore. And that's fine. It's still playable. It's still enjoyable. Or you can go in like going to the side quest. Excuse me. You can do the side quests. (laughs) And like, you know, like explore different avenues and and check out the open world. And the story just grows, grows, and grows. And you get more depth uh, of the the universe you're in. And uh, I think the stories drove me into the graphics. and, And honestly, like sort of the the like cloud story and each yeah. character how unique they are and um their role in the world that you're in i just think all that together was uh, what kind of drew me in for sure okay that makes yeah. sense there's, yeah there's not a single character on final fantasy 7 roster uh especially like through the remake that is uh, they, they all have likable qualities in one way or the other and out, you know, I mean, let's let's outside of the obvious that you know most fans are like, oh, Tifa's so hot. I mean, even her personality, you know, that's I mean, it's just certain yeah. like she's not a pair of gazongas on anime girl. No, she has an actual <laughs> backstory with like a compelling motivation and drive, you know. And uh, honestly, if you think about it, okay, so before I get into it though, 
Chris, could you do me a big favor and could you just give us a little brief overview of the story of Final Fantasy VII so people will know, like we don't sound like a bunch of insane, sweaty people wearing tinfoil hats when we get into it? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and bear with me for those listening. It's been several years since I've played like the original game. So uh, a lot of my finer details may be off, off base or maybe... Can you just give us a little broad like strokes. Right, but yeah, just to, yeah. just uh, just to, <laughs> just, to, <laughs> just to, I mean, kind of a like in a nutshell type, you know. It, I mean, it, it all starts. It, it all revolves around like you know Shinra, you know, starting off, you know, just the basically what kind of corrupt company Shinra is. You know, you don't really know right off the bat. I mean, they're you sucking just, you the could, life out of the planet. That's what they you know in the beginning. Basically, they have these basically, big old nuclear yeah, reactor you, plants. Yeah, I mean, that's, but even, even then at that point, like, it still takes, you know, certain points throughout the game to really find out how, um, really how screwed up some of their projects and experiments are. I mean, they are just, they're like a, I, I think it, it almost seems like that when they made the game at the time, they were trying to kind of, uh, I don't know if they were trying to personify like corporate America in a way, because it seems like mm. kind of what they went with, but mm. <laughs> But anyway, it's I mean, definitely it what it is down. now for sure. It's like oh, absolutely. Right. <laughs> yeah. too spot on. And, it, and it's, it, I mean, so it revolves around that, you know, you follow Cloud, who is, you know, the beginning of the game, he's on like a, like a hired mercenary for this avalanche group. Literally, you are um, part of a terrorist organization, right? Exactly. Basically, <laughs> basically, like a, like a, like basically part of a tree hooker group is, is pretty much what avalanche is. Uh, and, <laughs> You know, it, it dives further beyond that, you know, when Sephiroth gets involved. Of course, like, through the original game, you don't really find out more. I think you find out, like, tidbits of Sephiroth, like, throughout the time that you're in Midgar, but after you leave is when it kind of starts focusing more, like, shifting more in that direction. And just, you know, Sephiroth's, like, role in the story, you know, he was an experiment by Shinra, uh, right. or at least experimented on, and... Uh, once he kind of found out more of his origins and his backstory as to how he came to be is when he started to go insane. And cloud that cloud goes insane. We're fine. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> and <you> know, <laughs> basically, and that's when he you know kind of vows to pretty much say, "Screw it, I, I, I'm done with this world." And you know, kind of goes on the point where he is trying to eradicate everything. Uh, it's because he's Sephiroth so. Yeah, he, I mean, he's so, because, I mean, uh, I know he went to get, like, the dark material or black material, whatever it was called right. in the original game, to summon Meteor and basically destroy the world because he was so, right. he was just filled with so much rage and, and just really lost his mind at that point. I mean, and, and it's it's funny because Sephiroth before that was, like, a glorified war hero for sure. Right, yeah, like, Cloud served with Sephiroth. Like, you start seeing visions of him in the beginning of the game, and you're like, who is this scary guy? And then you find out that Cloud, Cloud, I mean, while he was like there, it was like his memories were actually Zach's memories. And there's that whole convoluted, like, kind of plot That's twist. That's a crazy there. plot twist. Because Zach, okay, so for those of us who are listening who may not know, Sephiroth, Zach, and Cloud all served on a team together as like elite soldiers. Was it for Shinra? It, it was for Shinra. Cloud yeah. wasn't. Cloud was. Hell yeah, it was for Shinra. Cloud was actually never... <laughs> that was my best <laughs> impression. Sorry. 
<laughs> Cloud was actually never a part of like Soldier in the sense that it personifies him like throughout the game. Like he was just kind of like your like a yeah, he was a grunt. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was kind of a grunt. But like you know, after you know, after he and Zach were experimented on, and he suffered so much like Mako poisoning, and after like the Nibelheim incident when his when Sephiroth killed his mother and all that, like he just like everything just. Like right after Zach died in the original timeline, it just became so much for him, like mentally, yeah. that he, like it, it, like the Mako poisoning basically screwed up his his memories, and he kind of took on like Zach's persona. He he still he, he didn't call himself Zach, but like his he called himself Cloud, but he had Zach's memories, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Zach, he had Zach's memories and, as well, which confused me a little bit. Well, I think Cloud was probably I, I think he was I could be wrong on that. I think he was still like naturally. You know, gifted. I mean, he was still pretty talented because him and Zach were friends. Like they were close, like while they were working for, like working for Shinra. And I think Zach kind of, I think he kind of trained him in some way. But here's my confusion. <laughs> I have to interrupt real quick because this is something I still get confused on, and maybe I'm not the only one listening who who feels. But okay, so Cloud, I know in the backstory, did not. He wasn't able to make it in the soldier program because he wasn't qualified, right? He wasn't good enough at, to be a soldier for sure. Oh, okay. I didn't right. Know. But, I but, think so. Well, that's what I've read. I mean, I, I've read like the lore, the story of the original. So I know that like he was, he was just a grunt, a foot soldier, right? Yeah. But right. now when you pick up in his story in the game, when he's on the train, they're calling him soldier. He's, he's got the soldier in his eyes. You could tell due to the Mako that, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's a soldier. Maybe the Mako when, made him stronger. When does that well, happen, though? How does he get infused, and and oh, where did he get his strength? Like I don't so, understand where that happened. So during, so tell during me, Chris. Crisis, <laughs> so Chris, tell us. Come on. Cool, and I don't. I, this was actually something I was kind of reading up on before we started this because I never played Crisis Core, which basically revolves around Zach, and it's basically Zach's like, like it's basically like a prequel to Final Fantasy VII. It's right. Uh, it came like, out afterwards, cool. though, right? And it kind of like goes more yeah, into yeah, Zach's came, story. Yeah, it came out after that, and it focuses more on Zach, and kind of goes up to the point until right before uh, Tifa finds Cloud in the in the Sector Seven Suns when she finds him, like really, like he, he's it's pretty messed up from like the Mako poison and all that. And yeah, kind of kind of senses that something's off with him, and then she that's when it kind of picks up to where she hires him to be a mercenary for you know all that. But okay. Uh, before oh so that's the beginning of final fantasy 7 right so cloud when you first start you just know he's hired as a mercenary for this avalanche group and then he has like these headaches that he gets and he's like oh god i forgot my tylenol and then he like starts seeing sephiroth (laughs) in a burning building behind him and he like has these memories of war (laughs) crimes committed against people yeah you know you know just just another day as a mercenary you know yeah that's what happens when you don't bring tylenol with you guys but where where did he get the infusion of the Mako, like that's so what he, I think, I think every, I think every soldier is infused with it when they join, or every. But I think I, I do know for a fact that both Zach and Cloud were experimented on, like by Hojo, uh, before. I, I, I think it was after the like the Nibelheim incident when. Hmm. I think it was right after that, but and the Nibelheim incident, like I don't know if you know this about, about it, Scout, since you've only played the remake. But Nibelheim is where, uh, is where Cloud grew up. Like that was his, like Cloud and Tifa's hometown. 
I may be I may be pronouncing it wrong. I think it was Nibelheim or something like that. I could yeah, be saying yeah. it wrong, but I know what you're talking about. But, but one of the missions, and this is kind of what spirals uh, Sephiroth's insanity was. One of the missions was for Sephiroth and Zach to go investigate a like a, a reactor failure in Nibelheim, mm-hmm. and you know they go and uh, you know go and get the job done, but they find like some like a like a like a a hidden lab or some kind of yeah where shinra is doing a bunch of messed up experiments right yeah and yeah and they kind of see like a lot of uh, genova pods and stuff and that's kind of where sephiroth starts to kind of piece together his story and he goes to like the shinra mansion there and like starts reading up on old files and i think i think i think what i read earlier is that he spent like seven sleepless like hit like no sleep for seven days straight just reading up on files and that's kind of what spiraled him out of his mind but seems normal yeah uh, well adjusted yeah He's but that's where <laughs> but that's that's what i'm talking about like the nibelheim incident because you know yeah. Sephiroth, right. that's when that's when he basically burned the town down he killed cloud's mom cloud got enraged and you know because because Sephiroth was he, he had really he had badly wounded tifa same thing was that and Cloud's the one that like took Zack's Buster Sword, Buster Sword, stabbed him, and sent Sephiroth into uh, the live stream. I think a is what it's called. See, and, and well, that too. But, <laughs> but yeah, Cloud's the one that like stabbed Sephiroth at that point with a Buster Sword and threw, and it and it caused him to like fall into the live stream. And that's when they assumed that Sephiroth uh, had been like that's when he died. But yeah. okay, uh, obviously we know that that's not the case. But anyway, right. back to answering your question. Uh, right after all that, I think is when Zach and Cloud were experimenting on for like three or four years, and I could be off on the time frame. They were like in that lab. And I think that's where Cloud got his infusion of like the Mako energy wow. uh, was during those experiments. That's kind and of I think, fucked up. I mean, really, like the fact that they experimented on him for so many years, that's screwed up. Hey, Scott, I have a question for you. Um, it, it may be off on the time, but it's roughly around me, I think. What was the big plot twist moment for you when you were playing through Final Fantasy uh, Remake? Scott. Um, <laughs> Quit tonguing the mic. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> plot twist moment. Okay, let's. See. Yeah, was there a moment where like something happened that you weren't expecting, and you were like, "Whoa, oh my god!" Now I'm invested. Now I'm hooked. Oh well, I, I don't want to spoil it for you because it's no, no spoil. I've already been like whole okay. body immersed right. inside of Final Fantasy lore all week. My brain is spilling out of my ears from things about Shinra and <laughs> everything else in Final Fantasy. <laughs> I, well, the one moment that me and Amber both were we were playing, she likes to watch me sometimes if it's a game she cares about, and we were both playing through it, and um, we both, like, gasped and were, like, just, like, oh, my God. I cannot believe that has happened. It's towards the end where you're – I can't – I think you're fighting Sephiroth for a moment – and he stabs Barrett through the heart and kills him. And you're just like, oh my God. Oh my God, he killed Barrett? Well, because then that, that was the shocking. I was like, oh my God, Barrett is like, because you grow to love him. At first you kind of like, yeah, did. Like, oh wow, you know, what the hell? He but had then, like an adopted on. daughter and a family and everything. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Molly. Did they hurt you in there? Yeah. <laughs> but but you grow to love him more because he, you know, grows sort of a soft spot for you and, and, and you kind of earn his approval by saving people. And, and he, he becomes hilarious. He's definitely the comedic relief for sure. Um, and, and you love him. But then all of a sudden he just 
dies. He gets stabbed to the heart, I believe, by Sephiroth, if, if I'm not mistaken. But then you mm-hmm. beat him like temporarily, and then he it, like it's like as though it doesn't happen. And then he gets back up, and he's like, "Oh, I thought I died for a second, but then he gets back up, and he's fine." And I was like, "Oh, thank God!" Because I thought he was. Well, like, it was the. Sure. I was like, "How did that? Was Wait, like, how did he not die from that? Is he going like Star Wars was, rules?" He's like, "Yeah, play the goddamn no, game, bro." No, I'm it, was, it was. It was because the the, the little uh, the little hooded cloaked figures. Yeah, uh, what, the, uh, what if were they called the the whispers or whispers or something like that? Okay, I'm just kidding. Okay, because there's a moment like in the original Final Fantasy VII, the big twist is uh, Scout. You might want to plug your ears if you don't want it to be revealed. Go ahead. Go ahead. But the big twist is that Aerith goes to see Sephiroth because, you know, he's trying to get the dark materia and she's sort of like the healer of the party. You know, she's connected to the holy light so she can cast this spell to counter meteor. She has sort of the the light to the dark, you know, so she's like, I'm gonna go do this on my own. And then Sephiroth in front of your eyes kills her. And there's a moment where Cloud's just like, well, screw saving the world. Screw all this. You just took away the girl that I loved, like the love interest. And so it was a huge moment for Final Fantasy fans where things kind of got real. And the reason they why they included that. Huh? No, that's that's another part of the game I like a lot. It's like the triangle. You're like, okay, I kind of want him to like uh, Tifa, but I also kind of want him to like Jesse, but well, I also kind of want him to like Cloud, Cloud, Cloud felt so strongly toward Aerith because Zach her and zach were they oh, were in a relationship that's right and, you know with him with him holding really zach, you know he didn't he didn't well, yeah zach and Aerith were grassy up before and yeah, zach and Aerith were dating before zach like left to go on like his big mission and all that and uh that's why cloud feels so, and he doesn't realize that that's why he feels so strongly because like in cloud's mind like zach never existed like he doesn't right acknowledge oh, like he, he, he forgets zach. that zach mm. right he forgets about he forgets about zach he just and he doesn't he doesn't remember Aerith directly because he wasn't around Zach during that time. Like him and Zach didn't know each other. And if they did, it was like not to that extent. Like he'd never met Aerith. He just, yeah, he, he was, he, he, he just felt so strong. Like just that connection was still there because, and Aerith is just a special, like, so because she's like one of the last, like Cetra, I think is what her people oh, the, the so she had like an like, extra, um, like, the, 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 the spirits of the, of the forest kind of thing. The last of the Mohicans. The last of the Mohicans, right? She's a Mohican. I forgot. <laughs> That's actually not far off because she's about like protecting nature and stuff, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's she. She has like a like. I think the Cetra has like a certain sense where they can like kind of like talk to the planet in a way, or talk to like the spirits of the planet, and that's how she's able to. That's just why she she has like a lot of otherworldly powers because of her race. But right. Also, uh, also scout to kind of answer your question i i, I was because i've got like google pulled up here so i was like trying to fact this? check what i told you yeah he gave us a thumbs up <laughs> he's, he's using the zoom features now uh, <laughs> so Sorry. let me read this off to you this is to kind of help solidify like what happened with uh with like cloud and how he got his so i'm just going to read this portion of it and this is like the experiments this is like after the nibelheim incident when they left shinra it showed or they when they left uh Nibelheim. It says Cloud and Zach, as well as other survivors in the town of Nibelheim, after the incident, became Professor Hojo's test subjects. He injected them with Genova cells, and exposing them to Mako, Hojo attempted to test his Genova reunion theory on them, turning them into Sephiroth clones, people whose wills can be overridden by Sephiroth, which is basically why, in the original game, 
Sephiroth has such a strong control over Cloud, and uh-huh. even as and as uh-huh. even because if I, I remember this specifically because this is like when I played the original for the first time because I, I didn't know that Aerith died. Like I had no clue, but when it was about to happen, I honestly because, didn't know like, until Pat just said it. So I'm a little pissed off. <laughs> I told you to plug <laughs> your like, ears, man. I'm sorry. No, no, there, there's a there's a certain point in that game, like right before it happens, like Cloud is like because you're controlling Cloud the majority of the game and Cloud is like slowly walking like uncontrollably to Aerith because Sephiroth is controlling him to do that. And like the entire like time where you're like not able to control, I mean, you can like kind of move directions and, and like it shows like Cloud trying to fight against it, but Sephiroth is trying to make Sorry. Cloud, Sephiroth is trying to make Cloud be the one to kill Aerith, like to stab her with the Buster Sword and wow. kill her. And, you, and Cloud finally snaps out of his control right before it happened before Sephiroth is just like you know what I'm just going to do this myself but yeah anyway but yeah that's it kind of explains that and then it says it goes on to say in this page it says since Zack had gone through a similar process and soldier his body was able to resist the experiments while Cloud succumbed and developed a severe case of Mako poison Hojo labeled the two failures placed them in a cryogenic sleeping state and left them in their pods in the Shinra Manor basement and then it says four years later, Zach broke out of his confinement and helped a vegetative state cloud escape, giving him a soldier uniform to wear as his old clothes were soaked with mock. Damn, I didn't know and Cloud was a vegetarian. It says due to the experiment, Cloud was mentally broken, weak and delirious, but during their journey following the escape from Nibelheim, Zach told the unresponsive Cloud about his life and his plan for both of them to become mercenaries in Midgar. So Cloud oh, was unable to participate in the events. He was present when Zack defeated Genesis. So yeah, it was about four ah, years that they were in okay. confinement. And wow. uh, oh, dark. oh, let's talk a little about. Um, okay, let's talk a little about Midgar because the remake is going to be divided into a trilogy, right? So we've only got the first so. part. The first part came out in 2020. They sold like what three and a half million copies in the first weekend. It like was insane gangbuster oh, yeah. numbers. Oh, Everyone yeah. was going bananas over it. And um, then you find out, okay, how long, how many hours do you think you guys put into the first part? You know, like 30, 40, what do you think? Probably 30, 40. I, I, I would and say I probably. I did three playthroughs myself, so. I would say probably, because I did like all the side quests and trying to do as much of the extra stuff too. So I'd say probably somewhere between that 35 to 40 more. Okay. Yeah, because I remember, like, I was doing a little of that boopity boop boop research, and they were saying <laughs> with the first, the first Final Fantasy VII, it was an insane thing because when you got it on the PlayStation One, it had three CDs, so people were like, "Oh my god!" And oh, then like yeah. you go through all this crazy stuff, get out of Midgar, and that's the end of the first CD, and you're like, "How long is this game?" So apparently, the first one was like 60, 70 hours with all three CDs. So I was, was curious. The the first disc? I thought I thought the end of the first disc was when like right after Aerith died, or is that? It, after the end yeah, of the maybe it was after Aerith died, and you're like you still got a whole bunch of story left to go. <laughs> because like, because like what we, because what we saw in the remake, like there was a lot of extra parts that weren't in the original, which kind of made it seem longer. I uh, heard that. Yeah. What, what, I, what I love about the remake, though, not to get too ahead, is that it's an alternate timeline. You know what I mean? Because I, I supposedly in the original Jesse, uh, uh, what's the other guy's name with the headband? Oh, Zach? Gibbs, Briggs, Briggs and Wiggs. Yeah, Briggs. Biggs and Wiggs. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I don't know who Briggie else. But, but people, they're supposed to. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> they're supposed to die but at the end of final fantasy 7 remake you see them alive right yeah yeah well you see you see jesse alive and you see Biggs alive it's implied that jesse's still alive because like wherever Biggs alive, wakes yeah. up you see her glow which we're kind of yeah. unsure about yeah that's the biggest red and 13 like, when no, oh, and when Zach and when Zach is like still alive at the end, and it's like yeah, that was the biggest. Alive. Zach that is still was alive. Crazy, yeah. See if you oh play the end of the So yeah. wait, do you guys think that the remake's going to be different than the original? Because I know they added things in quick, quick. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm trying to trip you up, dude. I'm totally putting the video up just so everyone can see that he fit that whole yeah. mic in his mouth. Yeah, I'm trying. I didn't get to see it on my screen. <laughs> so okay, okay, but for real though, I want to ask like. Because you know, people who are fans of the original Final Fantasy VII, they're yeah. going to know all the differences in the remake. I know. And like, uh, I know a lot of them fill the story in, but do you think it's going to be a different story? Like you're saying, different timeline with different outcome than the original? It's, it's definitely going to be something different, in my opinion. I mean, just, just the sole yeah. fact that Zach is still alive. And, that's crazy and it, already. Like, that, that's the biggest, and that's, I think that was the biggest, like, you were talking about, like, plot twist, you know, for me, especially after playing the original and seeing yeah. the, that is the biggest inspiration, maybe. Like, that was just like, oh, sorry, go ahead. It, it, it just, like, it makes you, like, wonder, like, what direction are they going to go in now? Because now yeah. you have, you have, like, Zach alive, who is, like, another, I mean, for one, another powerful ally on this team because yeah. I mean Zach, Zach was one of the strongest soldiers if I remember correctly like he was on I mean he was on par I mean he almost pushed Sephiroth to his limits in crisis cool hmm. so interesting Zach is very powerful and it's just like it's really interesting to see like what direct and, and like you even see a little bit more of Zach like in the DLC the, the uh, intergrade like, intergrade right like, they, they had an expansion to it yeah, it, it it shows like a like kind of a post credit scene at the end of that where Zach is going back, and a lot of people were wondering if it was like an alternate, like if because like if you Scott, I don't know if you remember like at the end of the remake where it showed like or it showed like our party, like the party that you played as, like leaving Midgar, but it also showed like Zach carrying Cloud. And it's like yeah. almost like they passed each other, but like yeah. Eric was really the only one that kind of like. And a lot of people were wondering, well, like, is this just like is our party still following the same like timeline? And is that like going in a different like like an alternate like like almost like kind of like parallel universes in a sense? Yeah, it's a like lot of people are wondering that. that they're not on the same timeline, you know? Yeah, but like I think it further, and that, that was like a, what a lot of people were wondering. But if you like want the post credit scene, uh, integrate. <laughs> I was gonna let Chris finish. Yes. I'm gonna let Chris finish. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. What happened in the, the post-credit scene? The post-credit scene in the integrade shows, like, it shows Zach like standing outside of like the church door, like where yeah. Aerith like grew her flowers and all that. And he's sitting there like trying to like hype himself up to talk to Aerith again. Yeah. Oh, and, Zach's gonna talk to Aerith again. Oh, okay. So it's he, gonna get complicated for Cloud. Well, the, the, what? <laughs> and he opens the door of the church and sees like all the people. I'm assuming it's like the people that were like some of the survivors from like when the plate dropped in like sector seven because there's a lot of like refugees holed up in the church and areas. Yeah, which we should probably address the what? mass murder of refugees um, and you know class warfare that's going on in this game. But we'll talk about it in a minute. Oh dear God! Oh dear God! But that that just but that that post credit <laughs> scene is kind of kind of a like 
to me, it kind of confirms, and like I said, we don't know what direction they're going to go in, but it, to me, it confirms that Zach is, like, this isn't like a parallel universe that we're seeing. Like, Zach is a part of what timeline we're looking at ah. in the remake because, you know, it, he was going to talk to Aerith, and she had already gone. Like, she had already left with Cloud, Tifa, Barrett, Red 13. Yeah. And so it, it's really going to be, oh, it's really, it. Red 13's a really balling character. Like, when you when yeah. you see, like, what he's, he's also. like, what, like, like in the original, like, like he he's kind of on par with like Aerith as far, as far as like the. There is like, that one moment where he, like, he kind of sort of implies he might maybe rape one of your party team members in the original one, but uh, you know, other than that, he's great. He's great. Wait, what? wait, what? <laughs> I don't remember that. Wait, what? Yeah, there's a bit of dialogue where he kind of jokes about maybe doing something to one of your party members, one of the females. You're like, wait, uh, wait a second. All right, we're gonna move on. I kind of hate him a little bit now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that. <laughs> he grew up in rough times. He was experimented on uh, by Professor Hojo different, as well. Different generation. Different generation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that isn't when the I biggest read, cop out in the world. Right. When I when I read thirteen, he he's got he's pretty much on par with Aerith as far as like some of the like supernatural abilities. I think. And I mean, he even kind of, I mean, it even shows that in the remake when it's all, when it talks about like kind of what he knows about the whispers and, yeah. you know, what happens if the party destroys the whispers and all that. And he implies that, you know, because it shows like, you know, through that fight, when you're fighting like the whisper, it shows like the little like cutaway scenes and they're asking like, what's going on? Like, what are these visions we're seeing? And he says, oh yeah, I forgot, I forgot how he says it basically he says, says like, this is, like, this is what, if we fail today. Yeah, that's what it was. So basically implying like, because the whispers, hmm. I don't know if you got far enough into the remake to know what the whispers are, Pat, nope. but they're like the, they're basically like the beings that are <laughs> meant to, <laughs> they're, ba they're basically the beings that are meant to keep, uh, they're supposed to keep like the timeline, you know, flowing into there. Like they're supposed to keep fate in order and keep destiny as it's supposed to play out. So the arbiter is like, fate is ah, what they're calling it. Okay. Okay. Like right. the watcher they're, they're, in Marvel. Yeah, yeah, they're they're supposed they same concept. They're supposed to keep everything, and that's why like that's why they bring Barrett back to life after the Sephiroth. Because Barrett in the original that never happened, so Barrett oh, was like, supposed oh shit, he's not there. supposed to die. They so just they, recon it immediately. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why and like you know destroying the whispers at the end of the remake is what opens the door for like you know, we don't know what's going to happen, and that's you know it shows Whoa! that my mind is being blown right now. The multiverse of madness, dude. Well, wow. let's go, let's talk about a little bit of the gameplay. I mean, we talked a lot about the lore, but let's talk about the gameplay a little bit. What I okay. love is that they, I, I do like turn style gaming. Uh, you know, that new Adventure Time game I got, um, the one where it's turn style fighting, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. First time, first time I've ever played a turn style fighting game, I've never played one before. I don't mind it. But I like how the remake is not that way and how you can upgrade your character and you can upgrade mm -hmm. your sword. Um, and, and I, you know, my first playthrough, I didn't understand the upgrading system. So I just kind of stuck with the basics. But then I played my second time through and I tried to dig more deep into like leveling up your sword, getting new swords perhaps. But yeah. you never want to leave the Buster Sword because it's just too cool. You know what I mean? So you well, have, what I like. It's big and honking. How do you, you why would you leave up, it? Well, you can level up to a certain degree that you can take the power from the sword and use it in the Buster Sword, which makes it uh, super cool. But what I want to ask is, what was your least favorite battle? Because I know what mine is. I think me and Chris probably have the same one, but I don't know how yeah, far you got. Dude, I hated, 
I I hated the house battle. That yeah. the Hell House was the most oh. because the defense was so freaking like there wasn't anything like you yeah. basically like Aerith is the only saving grace in that right? fight because without oh, her healing, there'd be no yeah like right. It was just it was such an annoying fight because it was so it felt like such a grind because like each hit only did like ten to fifteen damage and you're like I'm never gonna get through this yeah, fight. Like I'm gonna be shooting him for yeah, dude. That that was the most like like by far the most frustrating battle. Actually, I take that back, Scout. There's a there's a this may be the one I hated the most, and I can't remember what the boss was called. But do you remember the fight where it was like Barrett and Aerith, like in in the like Shinra head? Was that big machine? That big machine that would like like there was a certain attack that you had to like rely on hiding behind pillars just to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes, that one was very frustrating. I it was hated annoying that because one. it was it annoying so because, much. and I, I think part of my problem was that I didn't have Barrett or Aerith equipped with any like magic material like thunder or anything that would have like been effective against it. So that kind of that kind of messed me up a little bit, but. That might be Is a this one of those games though. where, um, like, if you screw up early game in terms of like building your party the right way, like you can screw yourself over long term. If you're mm. on a not easy, then yeah. If you're not, yeah. if you're on like a hard difficulty, then absolutely. But if you're on easy, then you can probably manage. But that's you know, cool because like, there's a little hard. challenge, a little strategy to it. You know, I play. Oh, yeah. I played it on normal difficulty, and it's it's. I mean, for the it's especially since the storyline is so like the like the like the gameplay is so linear like it's mm -hmm. it's a little forgiving for the most part it's not like you know playing like skyrim or fallout and you just skip all the side quests and go into the final fight and you're like you get spanked crap pounded in. <laughs> <laughs> i mean for the most part it's pretty free i mean if you don't invest a little bit into like your you know upgrading your material and getting like your weapons upgraded efficiently then you, you it's it's probably going to be more along the lines of it's going to take longer to win certain fights mm. so it sounds like overall like it's still got a lot of depth to the gameplay but um you maybe you're glad that the fighting has changed from turn based to be a little more fast paced because for me I like, like, I like i played it, yeah. final fantasy 15 before i played it and so i was used to the fast paced fighting and I was so glad that that carried over into the remake because I feel like it fits the nature of the game. Like when you go into those cutscenes, it's always so intense and they're like doing some kind of chase or running away mm -hmm. or trying to do something quickly. And so it like really fit with the story and how they told the story. It was supposed to be fast paced. It does feel a lot better. Like, I mean, the turnstile was fun. Uh, but it just like the way that the combat system for this game and the way that they put everything together just seems like it fits so much more with the atmosphere of the game itself. Yeah, that's what I felt too. Which actually, if you think about it, okay, so guys, <clears throat> I went, I went deep. I went balls, iceberg, Freudian theory deep on the history <laughs> of Final Fantasy VII, <laughs> and I realized that. One of the big things that made Final Fantasy VII so like revolutionary is they they had a special way of setting up the graphics in their game. They Why are you together... holding scissors right now? Huh? I was wondering the same thing. Don't... Like, are you... <laughs> so what they did is they actually I don't Start know cutting your bangs like uh I'm having a mental breakdown. But you know what they did actually <laughs> in this point. They combined full motion video effects with 3D polygonal graphics. Like, you know, Super Mario 64, 3D poly. 
and they yeah. would blend them together so the characters would jump into the cutscenes and jump out of them without any like fade to black. And so I feel like moving the combat system this way kind of gives you that feeling even more. Everything's fluid and ties together. There's no fade to black. There's no pausing moment. Am yeah. I wrong? No, I, I get what you're saying. I, I agree with you. It's it's and, and and for anybody that's played the original Final Fantasy VII, like especially you know back then it was like oh this is cutting edge as far as the graphics, but looking at it now it's so awkward. <laughs> like the character gra- like the the way the, the way they were constructed is just so disproportioned and yes. uncomfortable. Look like it just like you know Scout or not Scout, what the crap, Cloud. As a you're, you're cloud now, Scout, by the way. Now you know how I feel. I used to try to do my hair like his unintentionally before <laughs> I knew who it was. It didn't work out. Uh, well. I remember, like, if you look up like a graphic of the PS1 version of Cloud, oh like the God. overworld version, like he had that well, one little part of his arm that was yeah. like, everybody at the time was like, oh my God, this is revolutionary. This is the new face of gaming right here. Because it had never been done, you know? It hadn't been done. And they had not told adult stories like that either, like about corporate greed and class warfare and, you know, just the death of a main character. That was relatively new. One of the things I I thought was really cool. Final Fantasy 2 or 3 had like some main character deaths, but they weren't as, not as impactful. From what I remember, not as impactful as really areas. I mean, just just the way that they, just the way that they, well, actually, I think, I'll take that. I think Final Fantasy 2, I've never played it, but I think Final Fantasy 2, one of the Final Fantasies, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong, but, like, there are, like, characters, like, main party members that die, but I think at the end of the game, it's, like, all, I think it, like, never even really happened or something like that. Something really weird that you're, like, wow, I just really? wasted my time playing this. But. Yeah, because every story, every different Final Fantasy is, like, is it in the same universe, just different um, people, different timelines? It's, I mean, I guess you could kind of look at it as like, like the Final Fantasy series is like a multiverse in a way, I suppose, okay. uh, because each game takes place in its own like setting, its own world and all that. And I mean, you, you, maybe you could say, maybe you could argue that they're in the same universe, but I think the Decidia games were like, they kind of, I, I think it kind of has some kind of concept of like multiversal, like, like, like just, uh, like crossovers in a sense yeah uh i don't know i've never played the decidue games but uh Me neither. Y'all, y'all may know y'all may know what i'm talking about where it's like almost like a like final fantasy version of smash in a way oh, or maybe okay. maybe not maybe not maybe not smash but more like a mortal Kombat or tekken style well i, I will think that's say, kind of how those games play i've played uh the new dragon quest dragon quest 11 because i was looking into the history again you know going back to that Square made Final Fantasy VII, right? And then Enix Mm. was the starters of Dragon Quest. Those were kind of like the two pillars of JRPGs back in the 90s when things were getting rolling with games. And then they were like Squaresoft, I think. Yeah. And then they changed to Square Hard because they're edgy as fuck. No, Mm. no, they didn't. (laughs) They changed it to Square Enix because they bought Enix, right? And so you had these two immensely pedigreed powerhouses of rpgs together right after final fantasy 7 i believe so it's amazing that square already was able to keep building they were like flush with cash from final fantasy 6 and they're like you know what let's just go crazy and spend millions on insanely new computer hardware and um their file size i mentioned it was three cds right the file size of that game is a whopping 1400 megabytes 
Do you guys want to guess how big the the remake is? Oh, it's in, it, it's in the it's in the gigs for sure. Eighty one point three gigabytes. <laughs> imagine imagine how many PS one discs would would take to <laughs> like a warehouse <laughs> full of them just to match. The Let me switch over to disc forty six. Although I'm funny thing about that, way. the reason why they didn't do the cartridge like N sixty four style because number one they had gotten beef with Nintendo. But number two, the cartridges could only hold like one one hundredth of what a CD could hold in terms of memory. So they were yeah. like, "Yeah, we're we're gonna tell that's an just, insane that's, story." That's crazy to think about. I mean, I you could literally argue far. that PlayStation far. would not be here today without Final Fantasy VII. Well, do you guys know? But I do you guys do you guys know like why? And, and I, I don't know if this story is true. This is what I've read on like multiple different occasions. But do you guys know like why Final Fantasy is called Final Fantasy? Yes, I heard about this one. I actually I'll let you know. tell it though. So, so Scout, basically, and like I said, I don't know if this is entirely true, but the story that I've heard and read a lot is that Square was basically on the brink of going bankrupt. Mm. And they they had enough funds to pretty much put one one more game together, and they I mean they they kind of expected that this was just something like this was just kind of like a like a parting you know project, and they say you know let's just you know put one last game together one last project and we're gonna that's call where it the name Final like, Fantasy. Yeah, like they that's why the that's where the name Final Fantasy supposedly came from was because it was their last like it was the final game their final fantasy that they put together in game form. And then it became like their, then it became like their sole source of income for uh, until today. It's so funny funny how they kept doing hit after hit after that, you know? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Chris. No, you're good. I I was following up. It's hard to do this over Zoom because there's a delay. So we're all like over each other. (laughs) Yeah. So apologies, people listening. Yeah. We're not all assholes. It's just a bit of a delay. (laughs) They're strong. They're strong. What I love about the game, truthfully, I know I said it earlier, but the graphics on the game are really, really good. And I've seen it on the PS5. My neighbor's got a PS5, and he kind of fired it up to show me, and yeah. it is—it looks like a dream. Can you it tell the like difference between the PS4 and PS5? Definitely, yeah. It, it's, it's subtle, but you you see it. You're like, wow, that's it, pretty. It, it just—it has such a more polished feel to it. Like it just mm-hmm. everything it. seems to be like a smoother. Yeah. Well, I know you paid the expansion on the PS5, right? Oh, you did. I did. I did. Yeah. I did. The Integrate DLC, it's, I mean, it's really short. It's only two chapters long, but it's, I mean, it kind of just, it's just basically like a little bit of preface for Yuffie, because I'm sure Yuffie will be in this too, and they kind of give her, uh, it seems like they kind of give her because I, I don't really remember her having much of a reason in the original game yeah to follow the part i mean she was an optional character so i mean it right. must not have been enough to be too story driven but i think this dlc kind of gives her more of a reason to join the party this time around uh and kind of more of a i don't want to spoil anything but it's you know, okay. it, it kind of i think everybody knows there's gonna be huge spoilers um <laughs> yeah well, well they, you they, they, far and you're, you're upset it's your fault for clicking <laughs> they, they, yeah, leave us an angry review we love that yeah we're really nice with fans <laughs> it's just gonna be <laughs> me later like fuck our one guys. fan in norway <laughs> oh yeah that guy in belgium dude i hope yeah. he's still listening yeah i hope I'm just, that I'm just, 
are not upset. I'm just waiting on that one person to see this podcast and comment. You guys don't know shit about this. We're, we're going to find them and we're going to give them a stern talking to. And then say thanks for listening also. Basically, Yuffie is just like uh, it, the way the integrate. Like, I forgot. I, I can't even think of the guy that like follows you around in the in that deal. So I can't think of his name, but uh, you know, her and you know, him and Yuffie get you know fairly close like throughout the mission that they're on, and he ends up dying at the end of the DLC. Based, but basically uh. because of one of Shinra's experiments that. I mean, the Shinra was fixing to, I mean, they had sent troops down there to, you know, pretty much, you know, kill them both anyway, but he, you know, he, he gave up, he, he sacrificed himself to let Yuffie get away and it kind of messed her up. So it really just kind of gives, uh, you know, it kind of gives her more of a reason to you know, go out or go after Shinra, I think. Uh, okay. Uh, that's going to bug me. Now I got to look up his name. I can't think Shinra's watching you. While you eat, while you shit. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what he says? Yes. Very, I'm telling you, comic, comic, comedy relief. Dude, well, let me, let's just let's just let's just make a quick note. Like the voice acting cast for the remake is oh, one hundred percent spot on. Like every character they are is just perfect. Because they got cast. all new voice actors, right? Like they had a whole new crew for the remake. Okay. Um, yeah, but every, honestly, every, I mean, I'm not attached to the nostalgia of it. So for me, I was like, "Wow, it sounds really good." Like every yeah. one of them was kind of got me drawn into the characters. Everoth was intense. He'd be like, "Are you ready for the reunion, Cloud?" Yeah, it was like was Ron like, Perlman level of intense. I was like, I'm scared. <laughs> He's probably my favorite video game villain of all video games. I have to say that truthfully. Well, let's see. Oh, Who is the voice thing. actor okay. of Sephiroth? It is. Do the well, Finn. Toshiyuki Morikawa or George Newbern? Well, definitely the English one. George Newbern. <laughs> I don't think George Newbern was speaking Japanese. <laughs> no, no, not in the remake. Well, I mean, I bet the Japanese version sounds amazing. You know how it is with anime. Like, the English dub is amazing, but it just doesn't feel as real because they're like this. <laughs> yeah, they have the delay. <laughs> you dishonor upon my family. Oh. Wow, I looked up. I looked up Barry's voice actor, like his English voice actor, and he uh, he's not quite what I pictured. Like you know, you you know, hearing Barrett's like voice actor, you expect like some Mister T looking, like real grungy looking. You expect the guy looks like Barrett. Yeah, it looks like Carlton from Will Smith, like like from Fresh Prince. Like, <laughs> He's real, like he's real, like like suave. And I mean, kudos to him. He does a great job. I just wouldn't expect him like him to look like that. Oh shoot, kind of, I mean, guys, that I was wrong. Sephiroth was voiced by Tyler Hoechlin, apparently. Sorry about that, Tyler. I know he's going to be listening, and he's going to be real mad. He's like, oh, they don't know me. They don't know me. You don't know nothing about me. <laughs> he's going to have us recorded. I'll say this, man. Tell I us what. <laughs> that's it <No. laughs> the game like i said the graphics are amazing i really find cloud's story compelling um and i feel like his hardened nature <laughs> is uh <laughs> his, his hardened nature and his hard heart as you watch him slowly like kind of unfold <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. 
it's funny when you're talking about like hard nature and all and you got the mic so close to your mouth the way you do like it's just i love it (laughs) no but but the way he opens up to his group and and you know he's sort of like a hardcore like you know i want to get paid but by the end he's like i want to save these people's lives and i'm starting to join in with the cause of avalanche and, and like starting to like as you slowly unfold how yeah. corrupted um shinra truly is because i remember like when you break into the facility and you're going through the museum and like they're praising you know shinra like for how amazing it is and how it's like helping the world but being mm-hmm. on the outside in seeing like wow you need to be saving the planet it's like they don't I can right? only assume that Cloud will just play an important role in saying, where's my damn Tylenol the whole time? So, I, Yeah, but I think it's, I think it's very compelling and, and, and uh, interesting how the people who are there don't understand why Shinra is fucked. Right. There's you know a lot I mean? of reality to that, isn't there? Exactly. And it's just like, they're just working a regular job. They're just trying to get by doing a regular nine to five. They don't understand the damage that they're putting to the earth. And yeah. they just got a handful of people who are like, look, you're literally destroying the planet we live on. And it's only a matter of time before we are gone. And then you start well, learning like how fucked up they are. Like, 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 oh, we can go into this a little bit, but how they, the plate drop, which is basically where they collapse. Yeah, what is that? That's a big moment, right? So from what I understand, Chris, you could probably back me up on this with more information, but essentially like a plate, isn't that like a... It's like a, what separates the richies from the poor, poor plebeians, right? They're on top of the plate. The poor live that. underground like fucking goblins, you know? Yeah, and they're willing <laughs> to destroy the facility which is the plate and explode it and basically what it does it, it falls on top of all of the you know the the, the poor yeah, people the entirety the of sector exactly and they're willing to do that in order to make it seem like it's an attack uh, a terrorist attack even though it's oh, by avalanche it. yeah it's so like that a false flag like how, how well, fucked up they are mentally it's like they're willing to destroy the the land in order to stop yeah. a few people, you know. That's what I mean? Crazy. Well, I mean, look at like look at Zach. Like you know, the main reason that they sent Shinra's troops, you know, after Zach broke out of confinement and you know saved Cloud and all that. I mean, mm. the main the main reason they were willing to kill Zach, who was arguably oh, one of yeah. their best troops, was because right. he had found out too much and known oh. too much at that point about their like screwed up. Like they were willing yeah. to get rid of one of their better troops just to you know cover their own end, and that's just so. Why didn't they get rid of Sephiroth then? Why did they not just say this guy's too much trouble? Well, Sephiroth was already killed them. He's too powerful. Well, Sephiroth didn't really know to what extent like his backstory was like he didn't know much of anything about the experiments until like he had locked himself up for that seven days where he was like studying about you know all the like notes in that mansion. Yeah. But even at that point, you know. Cloud was the one that came in before. I mean, before Sephiroth really had a chance to get out and do anything at that point. Like Cloud's the one that you know impaled him and you know sent him into the live stream, and they just assumed him to be dead at that point because you know falling into the live stream is basically, uh, you know, it, it's basically for a for a normal person. Death. See, and the funny thing is about this: before I ever played Final Fantasy, I just thought it was like a chocobo breeding simulator. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, I love the little chicken guys. They're awesome. Oh man. Google fondlers. 
What's your favorite um, summoning emblem? I, I personally like the first guy, the fire guy, Ifrit or whatever his name is. If, Ifrit, Ifrit. I've heard it pronounced those ways. I like, uh, I don't remember if he's in the main game or if he's just in the integrated, but uh, Ramu or Rama, the, like the lightning guy, like that dude, he's always been like just a freaking beast to me. I don't know what it is about uh, just, uh, just lightning bending in general. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's that's you know we're, we're talking about like how corrupt Shinra is like that's something mm-hmm. that I'm curious to see going into the next like part especially yeah. now that now, especially now that we know that Zach's alive and we know like to what extent Shinra will go to cover up any like misdeeds or you know right. any of their like sinful acts that they're doing like yeah let's Zach talk a little alive. about that you know because like, like oh, I'm sorry like like that we know like in this, <laughs> in this in this continuity like Zach is alive so and and it's already and from what I like was reading up on earlier like they have already like Shinra pretty much like handled this in the sense of like you know they knew they were going to kill Zach so they had already kind of made it public to like other you know soldier troops and just you know that that in in anybody else that was you know related that Zach was dead like they just said that he like died in a you know basically died in war or you know whatever the case or whatever reason they went with but now that zach's alive and now that he's you know actively yeah like 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 what like where are they going to go with that like what how is shinra going to react to that oh oh, this guy's actually still alive like what are we going to do all right guys Uh, i have a question for you in regards to that on that note of zach and and like them changing some elements because they recently announced the part two, right? They, uh, what is it called? Final mm-hmm. Fantasy Rebirth. And they said it's going to be a trilogy. Yeah. Uh, the director is Tetsuya Nomura. He was talking a lot about <clears throat> their work recently on it, 2022. And um, it sounds like things are going to be different because they kind of left a cliffhanger at the end of Remake, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think is going to happen in Rebirth, knowing that we still have two more games to come from them? I can't answer, That's... personally, because I, I did not play the original, so I, I don't have a lot to base no, on. No, that's like, even a better answer. Just whatever off the top of the dome, just your thoughts, personally. I think Zach somehow is going to get introduced. Him and Aerith are going to bang. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Um, I think Cloud's gonna be big mad. He's gonna take that yeah, buster sword. He's gonna just go to balls. and realize that she's way cooler anyway. And, um, <laughs> and uh, I think that's not how it's gonna play out. No, I think um, <laughs> Zach is definitely gonna be reintroduced. I think Sephiroth is is gonna show up again. Are you ready for the reunion again, Cloud? And Number it's two. gonna be really intense. That's something. That's and, something else uh, that's really go ahead, Scott. Great way to stay in shape. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So Sephiroth's gonna continue being a dickwad. Yeah, and I, I think um, I just think I I, I, tr- I the, the beautiful thing about it is, and I, and I say this with full honesty, I have no idea, and and that's what I love. Like I genuinely have no idea what they're gonna do, and that's what builds excitement for me. So I, what, I really don't know. That's, cool. that's what makes it so in, that's what makes it so intriguing really because like it's kind of implied like through the game like through the remake that we've played and kind of implied a little bit more with the way that some of the characters were talking in the newest trailer that 
it seems like Sephiroth is already aware that this isn't the same continuity as the original. Yeah. Oh, uh, so like, he it, knows, oh, he knows they're not in the same too. timeline? It's implied. That's what it, that's that's what it so seems crazy. to be implied. And that's, okay. that's, something that, that's something that really, because I think at one point it, you can hear like Tifa or Aeris' voice or somebody asking like, what's his end goal? Like, what's his end game here? Right. And that so kind of makes it seem like that he's like that he's aware that this isn't the original continuity and that this is already starting to take a different direction. And it almost kind of seemed like that he almost led them down the path to destroy the whisper to begin with, because oh, I mean, because, you know, they, yeah. based on, I mean, based on the, you know, whisper, the arbiters of fate, like the path that they're trying to set the party on is ultimately to lead the Sephiroth's defeat. Yeah, like and he's stringing them along. He kind of has he's the puppeteer of the whole thing, which yeah, makes so, sense for Sephiroth. I mean, he's like Yeah, so I mean, he he's he's going to try to create uh he's going to try to pull a Doctor Strange and find the one reality that <laughs> he actually wins in fight. You must have just watched Doctor Strange. That's like your second or third <laughs> Doctor Strange reference today. There's similarities there. I mean, it's it's overwhelming. <laughs> and then some chick shows up who has weird star powers and uh, two lesbian moms, which, which is cool, but you know, that's part of the story. It's cool, but it's like, I don't get it. <laughs> Why? Where did this come from? I don't understand. <laughs> the multiverse. Really? <laughs> okay, so I think Rebirth is going to be, it's outside of Midgar, obviously, because it ends with you leaving Midgar. And mm-hmm. They, what they were saying, uh, what's that guy's name? Tetsuya Nomura. He was saying they're going to have kind of a different atmosphere for the second game. So I'm very curious if it's going to be more open-ended. Because it seemed like the first one was kind of linear. Like, okay, you go this way. You have to do this quest next. There's side quests to make it better. But you're really supposed to do it in a certain order, right? Yeah. Or am I wrong? Uh, I mean, yeah, no, like, no right. I mean, it's... It's very linear, and I think that that's like one of the kind of, I guess, complaints per se by yeah. some of the fans was like just with the expansion, like as far as like just the way that they recreated the way the game looked in the world in general, they were kind of disappointed by the fact like, well, you only get to go to like two or three different sectors in the game, and it's kind of underwhelming. But I mean, at first for narrative purposes, I mean, it works. But I think that's what's – I don't know if they'll go like a full open world route for the next part because they're still it's just kind of hard to see it's kind of hard i don't even know what scout's doing i can't even see you can't see me on your screen like like the way on my phone it just kind of like rotates between you and pet like it's it's weird like it kind of go it'll show you for like 10 seconds and go back to pet like i don't get to see both y'all at the same time what are you doing what nothing i see i see that right now (laughs) I'm sorry, we totally threw you off when you were doing like your closing monologue. <laughs> I apologize. No, you're good. But like, I, it's I don't know if they'll go like full open world just because there's still like a linear story that needs to be followed. But I think I, I think it'll be more expansive than it was like in the original. I mean, there will be. Okay. I think you'll have more. Surely, to do right? Like, it's got to be. And I think like just not, I'm like, not fucking playing. I'll tell you that. I'm throwing that. Thing. I'm gonna buy it and then never play it. I'm gonna buy it and then I'm gonna pull yeah. an Amber Heard, put it in the bed, poop on top of it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Um, okay. So important question here with Rebirth. When do you guys think it will actually come out? I'm gonna start with my guess. My prediction is they're gonna. Let me say... go ahead and interrupt you and say I think. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and take the mic from me real quick. Uh, that's enough out of you. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. 
my prediction I mean, didn't, is didn't, but didn't they already kind of give like a vague they, wouldn't it like fall or winter of 23 yeah, said that? okay so here's yeah. my catch on it i think it's gonna they're gonna say it's gonna be like holiday 2023 and then they're gonna push it back to spring of 2024 you already know that that that, that is that, that's the only way that square does things i mean honestly <laughs> like look how long it took kingdom hearts 3 to come out those dang it, teases announced in like oh, 2013 man. and it came out in yeah. 19 or 20 i mean that's what happened with final fantasy 7 as well right the real don't even get me started on how long we're gonna wait on the next elder scrolls oh my gosh like yeah 45 by the time they announced that it's coming out soon again i've been waiting 80 years for this sequel <laughs> screw starfield yeah I'll kill well, some dragons I, but no I, I think it was like summer or fall or it, it was like they said winter it, i thought Winter 2023 is the latest, but I think they're going to push it back because, like you said, that's the way that Square do it. Well, I think we, we kind of have a tradition around here when we're coming close to an end. Um, I don't know how long it's been, but I'm assuming it's getting close to an hour, right? Or Yeah, yeah. It's been a, maybe a little over an hour now. Guys, we oh, did it. It's a full uh, happy hour I, power. I'll see y'all later. I got to go. No, I'm scared. No, but one thing, when, when we're closing up, and I, and I actually really enjoy this, is what is something that if for people who are listening that you would recommend if they've already played this that they like like you know what i mean that that you started like what's a game that you would recommend to people if they like final fantasy uh and i want to ask chris here since he's sort of our leader in this episode uh if if someone was to say like oh you know, i played final fantasy remake but what are some other games that you would recommend sort of similar oh man uh uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry i mean honestly i'm trying to think of some that play pretty like as far as the remake goes i mean uh i mean kingdom hearts really i mean they're both made by square and they've got like, a lot of tie-ins together really but good. i mean just if, if you're like if you're just a sucker for that kind of gameplay that action-based combat and such i mean that's that's going to be the closest to <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I got distracted. I was trying to look up the like what they announced the like what the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth release date was and the the suggested <laughs> this is this is bad to say, but the suggest the next suggested search right after that was is Barrett Black. <laughs> I, guess, I got so I got oh so good off. I, I guess it's not good to assume, but yeah, probably. I mean, I just like it really, like, it really threw me off because, and it, they did say winter twenty twenty three is the current like, vague date right now. But that was like, what, it says people also ask, and that's the first one that shows that. Is he black? Like, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it just really, it, I'm sorry, it really threw me off. But as three white males, I think we have the authority to speak on this with complete confidence. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Kingdom Hearts, yeah. and obviously. The uh, other Final Fantasies are good. I mean, there's uh, not just this one. I'll throw best. another one in. Let me go ahead and interrupt you again there, Scout. Oh, yeah, you um, go ahead. <laughs> Dragon me, Quest Eleven is great. Uh, awesome game. Um, Square Enix makes that too, I'm pretty I've sure. I've never played that. I've never played that. It's actually really I've fun, and it's on Game Pass. So if you get the oh. Xbox Game Pass, you can get it for free. Well, Dragon you know, Quest is where Hero came from, from Smash, Scout. If I'm not yeah. Ooh, I love yeah, Hero. Yeah, that's Hero. It's very uh, fun. Another game. 
another another loosely similar game would probably be Xenoblade Chronicles. I don't know if you guys have played either one of them. I haven't finished. Like I've got the first. Right. I haven't played through it all the way, but it's you know it's action based. It's you know got kind of a similar style. Yeah, uh, and it's got kind of, it's got like a lot of you know similar. I guess like the way that the story like plays out. Uh, just from what I've seen so far, it's pretty. Like, I, w- I would recommend that one too. I think for me, um, Super Mario, the original uh, 1986 or yeah, whatever. Sure, yeah, no. <laughs> the, the one that was it's just like it. Just Super, like it. Um, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I, I really, I was gonna say Kingdom Hearts, so you kind of took my answer. But you know what's? I, I've always wanted to play all through all of them because I only played the first one. Um, but I bet if you went back now, it'd be really fun. I would say Kingdom Hearts is a good one. Um, I love, I love, love, love being Cloud or Sephiroth on Super Smash Bros. Because they yeah. are so That's a good, good one. I like that. That was definitely one of my main three. Dude, That's a fun Sephiroth fighting game. is dope as hell on that game. And his sword, I've always wanted to have a katana like his because he's just such a cool villain. The mausoleum or whatever it's called. Yeah. Well, what about let's talk about our drinks to close this out here. I think we've talked plenty about this, but I want to hear what you yeah. guys thought about your drinky poos. Okay, hold up real quick before we go about our, our drinky poos. I want to say, Chris, well, more of not saying, but question. Um, what do you think is the best Final Fantasy, hands down? I don't Ooh, want really yeah. I'm, I'm just inviting the hate mail right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just from, the, I mean, just from the from the ones that I've played, I mean, Final Fantasy Nine. It was the very first one that I played, so it's gonna have kind of like a special spot there. Oh, that's fair. Uh, but it, it's really good. It's definitely one of my favorites. Uh, I would say, I, I mean, I mean, I think any of them between Final Fantasy Thirteen. Like, no, no. <laughs> I, I enjoyed Final Fantasy 15 until it got like the latter half of it when it was like very linear and just kind of seemed like they rushed it. But yeah, I'd say like any of the ones like six through ten were all. I mean, they're all pretty solid options. Like okay. they're yeah. that's six <laughs> through ten. You got four different episode or four different games that are your favorite. Six, seven, eight, nine. It's just like that's. I don't really have a favorite per se. I guess if I had to pick a favorite, it'd be nine, just because it's like the very first one, and that's the one that I like. Kind of really got me hooked on the series. But six through ten, like that range of Final Fantasy games, to me are the best ones. Like those are probably like if for anybody that's never played a Final Fantasy game before, I would recommend any any of the ones six through ten. Okay. If you can get past the horrible voice acting of Final Fantasy ten, the story. <laughs> A lot of people love Final awful. Fantasy Ten now, but, and and you know the sphere grid system as far as love, like upgrading the characters can be kind of tricky at first, but it's uh, it, the story. The stories like six through ten all have great stories. Okay, uh, in my opinion, cool. And that's cool. that's what to me that's what kind of you know gets that, that's what's great about the Final Fantasy games to me is just the stories. Like, the stories are all solid in one way or the other they are yeah definitely a sucker for stories i prefer a storyline over gameplay when i play games any day any day of the week unless the gameplay is just absolutely atrocious that's true but i don't know very many i love the story (laughs) (laughs) all right so yeah now um you were saying you want us to rate our drinks right yeah we all had a separate drinks um i'll go ahead and do mine real quick miller light it's a very basic beer. 
I'm not. I, I prefer it over Bud Light personally. Give it on a beer scale of one to ten. Oh, a, a nine. Nine, nine on the beer scale, sure. really? Yeah. Dang. Now, okay. my favorite beer of all time is Miller Life, Miller High Life. Oh yeah, so the kind champagne. of the same, no like beer. basically like the rich uncle of Miller Light. <laughs> Bud Light's like sort of like the dirty uncle, and and but Miller Light's just sort of right, like, the one who might take you in the closet for a few minutes before you're too old to remember and you're just like have <laughs> weird memories from the family reunion. Yeah, that's Miller Light. Like. <laughs> But nine out of ten. But yeah, no, yeah. Anyway, nine out of ten. That's that, that's my rate. Miller Lite. It's always a solid. You can you can. It's it's very versatile. You can bring it anywhere if you're going fishing, if you're out in the sun during the winter, if you're celebrating. It's always a go-to. So yeah, and it's a good one for fishing trips. I feel like Miller Lite oh, is definitely. perfect for fishing. It's also and, and not everyone likes this drink, but for some reason fireball and miller light together so good you take a shot of fireball and then ch chase it down with the miller light the mixture the contrast i don't know what it is it just it it's beautiful all right what about you chris tell me about your rum and coke coke and rum, got rum. Uh, got I, honestly, <laughs> can you taste the abestus in it i can uh, that's it what really that's what really that's what really pushed this to the 10 i'm just kidding but Coke and rum is just a classic. It is, I mean, just like what Scout said, it's it's simple. You can do, you can take it anywhere. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just a classic drink. It's solid. And it's simple to make. Uh, I would give this one, I'd say a good eight point five out of ten. Dang, really? Oh, must right. make some good rum. It's just it's just the fact. It's just it's it's hard. It's you can't beat the classics. Like that's just you know any anything like that is just. It's gonna be it's gonna be such a popular popular pick. Like everybody, almost everybody who drinks knows what it is. It's just true. Uh, I don't I don't even remember finishing this drink. Like I was so into the, like the whole podcast. Like I, like at some point I went to take a drink and it was gone. I was like, oh god. Oh, that's good, good, man. That's great. <laughs> hey, you need to come down and I'll make you a Negroni. It's Pat's favorite drink now. Oh, that's great. Negroni's so the best. Yes. What did you just call me? I'm just kidding. I <laughs> oh my <laughs> lord. I had a truly drink and. um Mine is like the citrus punch flavors, which personally I think are awesome. As far as hard seltzers go, um, it's the best hard seltzer out there. Do not get the Bud Light hard seltzer. That is the worst seltzer Hell in the world. No. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10, which is pretty much as high as you're going to get for a seltzer. I'm not going to lie, because I reserve 8, 9, and 10 for like a really good drink, like Negronis or something. So Seltzers are really going to acquire taste to me. Like You have to really... I, I, I personally don't care much for seltzers. I just don't like the, That's I guess, fair. the aftertaste they leave. But I, I think it's you. It's a very particular, like very, some people are like that. Are they like, am I swallowing a spicy sprite right now? What the, what the hell's happening? <laughs> is it better than white claw? Would you say? Yes, even the mango white claws, which everyone knows is the best white claw, it is substantially True. better than the white claw. Black cherry. Black, black cherry can go straight to hell. Go straight to Shinra's, <laughs> you know, reactors. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Well, guys, dude, Chris, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this. This was this was actually really great. I love this so much. Yeah, seriously, man, dude, we appreciate right. you being here. Yeah. I had fun. It was an hey, honor to be on with you guys. It was, it was, I, I really enjoyed this hour. Actually, it was like going on an hour and a half. Maybe. This was fun. Woo! I really had a good time. I can't wait till the next we'll time you guys have me for whatever. Uh, oh, we're, we're not going to do that. You're never coming back. 
Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> this is a one. This is a one day contract. Yeah. No, no, we'll that'll be, be great. We'll definitely have you back on. We like double dipping. What What would be Maybe the we'll... next? Like, just 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 to, for a little teaser for our. 3.7 viewers out there that we average. Uh, well, listen, guy in Belgium, if you okay, like on. Invincible or um, maybe we'll do... Okay, I'm thinking maybe down the road next time you're around, Chris, we'll do Pokemon or something. That would be cool. Oh, we got it. We, we're maybe definitely doing one on... We're doing one on the Kenobi series soon. I know that for sure. Uh, yes. Dude, did you finish it, bro? Yes. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe closer to the Scarlet and Violet release, we can hop back on and discuss that. Chris, yeah, that would be cool. Can you see me, Chris? Can you see me? We got some I things in the pipes. Um, let me do our plugs real quick, y'all. Simmer down, simmer down. Quit, quit throwing that mic. Quit that. Quit that right now. Put that mic out, bullet out of your butt right Scott, now. No, Scott, it's not Scott, where mics go. Hold on, Scott. You got to do it. Though. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, it's like a squid that's dying. Uh, I love it. Okay. okay, so nice. plugs real quick, guys. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. we have a TikTok that we started posting on. We got some funny videos on there at oh, Happy yeah, Hour yeah. Power. Give us an email at the Happy Hour Power at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. If you got any episode recommendations, you know, we always love to hear from you. And uh, anything you guys want to say as a parting words? We got to go get Shinra, brother. <laughs> All right, let's go get Shinra, everybody. No, See you uh, later. I, I say uh, goodbye. That's nice parting words. It was real. It was real fun. I enjoyed the day. I enjoyed it. I can't wait. Right, Chris, to the let next me go day. ahead and interrupt you again. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> All right, we love you guys. And Chris, thanks again for being on. We appreciate you. Love you guys.